The Pokes Report podcast is sponsored by Stillwater Barber Company, located at 609 South Main Street, right here in Stillwater. Randall and Joe are serving up the best haircuts in town, which includes regular haircuts and skin and razor fades, as well as shaves and beard care and trims. The beard care includes a wonderful blend of beard balm, beard oil, and just a little bit of steam to bring it all together. And as always, shampoo and conditioners are two for $20, and I can vouch for the shampoo because that's what I've been using for the past several months. It's a wonderful tea tree oil shampoo paraben and sulfate free that leaves your hair and scalp squeaky clean and smelling great and as always you can find blue roaming around the shop so give them a call at 405-269-8590 or you can check them out at stillwaterbarber.co to book an appointment today welcome to the poke support podcast this is Brian Murphy alongside Zach Lancaster this time. We've got a special guest, Stormy Warren, joining us from Sirius XM, The Highway, The Stormy Warren Show. Uh, also has his own uh, his own podcast, Exit 209. We'll get into, into that here in just a little bit. Stormy, how are you today? Go Pokes. That's all I got to say. That's it. Podcast. Well, all time. right. Podcast. Thank time. you guys uh, for your time here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a little bit of a... Say anything else. A little bit of a different format this week. Uh, we're going Zoom. Uh, Brian, uh, you have terrible friends. I don't know why you've got uh, weekend weddings in football season, but uh, <laughs> Brian's coming to us from Dallas, and I'm up here in uh, good old Stillwater. So we're, we're a little spread across the country this week. That's and right. I'm hanging out in Nashville. Yeah, yeah. And just, uh, just went for a walk and got dumped on with water. Absolutely Dumped soaked on. right now. That's the dedication I have to sprint right back up the hill and dive right onto Zoom. I look like uh, a drowned rat. I tell you what, that is one thing about Tennessee that people probably don't understand that area of it, how hilly it is. I know that going to have been to the University of Tennessee and you have phenomenal legs by the time you graduate there. Uh, you're getting your steps in. Uh, my wife and uh, my kids, we went to the Kentucky UT game because my son is a senior there, Jackson. And we went just last weekend, and my wife was like, I had no idea how hilly this was until we're wolfing it for every, all across that campus. It's it's nuts. Yeah. yeah. So what? let's – okay. You've got the Exit 209 podcast yeah. that you are interviewing uh, – you're interviewing all the stars of country music. How they got to Nashville, because Exit 209, for anyone who doesn't know, is that Exit 4 Broadway – and uh, and you're so you're getting that backstory of how they got to the point where they're going to Nashville. So yeah. I think I want to spin this a little bit and call this segment. We'll call it the Exit 27 off 412 from Tulsa, <laughs> where you grew up. Yeah. And uh, so tell us a little bit uh, of your growing up, and there's some connection to OSU there. I'll, I'll let you take that away. Absolutely, 31st of Memorial, right there in Tulsa. That's where uh, I grew up. I went through uh, elementary junior high, first part of high school through there. And um, people always say, it's like, so where do you call home? I said, Tulsa. That's where you, when you go through puberty someplace, that's basically your root system. Uh, I mean, it's the most impressionable years. Of, uh, I mean, I was technically born in Cincinnati and lived in Boston, but when I moved to Tulsa, that's when I truly became, I believe who I am today. And so that is where I, I truly call home. And it's an honest, honest uh, opinion. Uh, it really did shape who I am and, and who I, I, hope to be they're just good people there and my parents both were born and raised in Tulsa and their parents were born and raised in Tulsa so the root system is definitely there in Oklahoma my dad was a Oklahoma State football player from 49 to 53 
number 68. He was a guard and a kicker back when, uh, you know, linemen weren't 350 pounds. You know, he's he about I could a have, buck. I could, I could see Sam Mays giving that an effort back in the. <laughs> Sam, <laughs> Sam Mays would win the, the Heisman Trophy four years in a row because no one would be able to stop him. it's awesome but yeah it's so uh from the time i was 10 years old we drive out to stillwater and go see games at lewis field and so that became a tradition starting at 10 years old and we never missed a year going to at least one osu football game and it's a tradition i've tried to keep going with my kids as you know brian uh you've you've met my entire family and and we're part of that you're you guys are and your buddy jay are definitely part of that tradition as, as we go on but growing up in uh, Tulsa, it was great. You know, as you know, Tulsa's laid out in a grid pattern. And when you got a bicycle in a grid pattern city, you can't get lost. You can't screw it up. And you're just going in city blocks to your friend's house. You, you could ride your bicycle from 31st Memorial down to the ice skating rink at the Williams Center Forum uh, and, and not have any de- problems. It was just an easy bike ride in, an easy bike ride out. And, you know, parents said, uh, just come back before sundown. And it was a, it was a great place to grow up. Now, you talked about your dad being number 68. How did you find – there's a picture of your dad that's uh, floating (laughs) around the unit. And how did you guys find that? Uh, That's really one of the wildest stories I think we'll ever have. Um, My sons both started going to OSU football games at the age of 10. Uh, They're four years apart. Jackson came with me the first time by himself. And then uh, when Evan turned 10, we both – all of us started going, the three boys, and, and my wife started to come. And a tradition is to go to the student union before the game and go get the brand new sweatshirt, the brand new swag. It's you just it's a rite of passage. You can't go to Stillwater and not pick up a new piece of swag. And so we go into Stillwater and we go into the the student union and we'd been there a lot over the years. Mm -hmm. And as we're standing next to the cash register, there's this pillar. And on the pillar, there's this black and white picture of about six guys and a coach and no face mask, leather helmets, white practice jerseys. And my uh, youngest son goes, dad, aren't those the practice jerseys you gave us from grandpa? And I went, oh my God, I think those those look just like them. That's crazy. And then my oldest son looks at me and goes, dad, doesn't the guy second from the left kind of look like grandpa? And I went, <laughs> no, that is your grandpa. And it was <laughs> just a, a whole lot like him. We, we have no idea how many times we've walked right past that picture and never looked at it. And I mean, it just emotionally just, just hit me. And I'm just like, God, he's here. It's like, it was, yeah. it was really a nice piece. I get emotional talking about it because it was such an impactful moment. And so I went to the manager and I said, you have two choices. You are either going to sell me that or I'm going to take it off the wall and walk out with it. And he goes, I'll do you one better. I, ha- I think I know where I can find it in the archives and I'm going to send you a copy. And a week later, he sent me a copy of the picture. Wow. It's framed up on my wall in the next room behind me. It's really one of the coolest things. And then take it one step further, and we're walking around the stadium, and every single concession stand, it is the picture behind the cash register. That's cool. Oh my goodness. At T Boone Pickens. It's like the it's like they only took one picture of the football team over the entire history of the program, and it's that one with my dad in it. And it's so weird. It's just it's I think it's just my dad's way of saying, keep coming back, son. Well, and that's cool. Whenever you guys come over, do you all go get a picture with it every every year? As the kids have gotten older, we it's a really cool thing. It's neat, and that picture will end up in their house at one day. You know, yeah. So, how did from from Tulsa to Nashville? How did how did that happen? 
My dad was a lawyer, um, a construction lawyer. He worked for some pretty big companies, um, usually tied to the government, um, kind of the Halliburtons of their time, uh, big, huge companies. And so we'd move around to wherever the big projects were that he was working on as a lawyer. And one of those jobs took him to California. And so I finished up high school in Ventura, California, little beach community, very different than Tulsa, Oklahoma. I mean, there were no hallways in the school. There were palm trees and seagulls. It was just very big culture shock going from Tulsa to Ventura. But I loved it. It was a great place to finish up high school. And I started radio in Tulsa at 13 years old. A guy named Mel Myers worked for 14K, 92K in Tulsa. And he took me under his wing after I took a field trip in junior high. And he goes, come on back if you ever want to keep learning. So I did the very next day and kept going and kept going until at 14, he gave me my own radio show. So I, I used that backstory because by the time I went to California, I went, great, I'm just going to keep the ball rolling. This is going to be easy. I've already got my own radio show. I've been I've established. Yeah, but this is Southern California. They didn't care about my resume in Tulsa, Oklahoma. They're like, yeah, cute kid. Go back to answer the request lines, which I did and started from scratch and scratched and clawed and uh, started working for a place called Pirate Radio in Los Angeles, which is Scott Shannon glam rock station it was the number one station in america at the time and short-lived because nirvana came and killed glam rock and <laughs> put it into that station but then i started working for cnn uh, which was in the same building while i was going to college at cal state northridge and uh long story short my idol of all times is a guy named charlie daniels you may have heard of him devil went down to georgia first album i ever bought as a kid and i got a chance to do an interview for cnn's entertainment show and I was working as a cameraman. There's I had no right to work for their entertainment show as a producer. But the guy said, I'll give you a shot. You do an interview with a celebrity, any celebrity. I'll give you the cameraman and the editor. And if we like the story, we'll air it on Showbiz Today. And if we like it and air it, you get a chance to do another one. I went, all right. I figured I had one chance at it. So I reached out to Charlie Daniels, who I do was playing in Santa Ana, California. Reached out, called the number on the back of an album I've had since nine years old to his office. And reached out to CDB in Mount Juliet, Tennessee. And I'm like, hi. Uh, yeah, I'm Stormy with CNN. I was 18 years old. I was like, uh, just wondering if I could interview Charlie Daniels uh, for CNN. And uh, his publicist, Paula Zygus, goes, CNN? You're with CNN? Absolutely, you could do an uh, interview with Charlie Daniels. And the bat ball got rolling. They aired the story. He kept coming back to CNN over the next few years. And he's the one who said, you got to come to Nashville. Because you're finally getting pretty good at this. It's, uh, you know, L.A. doesn't need you. Nashville needs you. And he was right. I mean, not about needing, but he was right about the move. And he, we were staring out over the skyline of Los Angeles, and he had his arm around me. And he goes, son, I've been coming to Southern California for 40 years. I've seen this place chew people up and spit them out. They'll make another one that looks just like you. They don't care about you. Nashville will care about you. Two weeks later, packed up all my stuff, put it in the back of my pickup truck, and drove to Nashville and never looked back. Holy cow. Yeah. His wife actually found me the first house that I rented, which is crazy. Hazel. She's a goddess. No kidding. Oh, yeah. that's really cool. Uh, and... to, finish, to finish that story now, flash forward many, many years, 30 years. And Charlie has always been a part of my life. Um, all my life, there's always been Charlie Daniels. From when I launched my own TV show, he was there at the launch party. Uh, when he got his Lifetime Achievement Award, I was the one who surprised him by giving him the speech. And it was titled, All My Life, There's Always Been Charlie Daniels. I hosted his charity fundraiser events for the Journey Home Project for years. I hosted his volunteer jam, the legendary Charlie Daniels volunteer jam for years. 
And then uh, when he died, his manager, David Corley and Hazel called me and asked me if I would officiate his funeral. Mm-hmm. And you talk about a full circle moment for the first album you buy as a nine-year-old kid to saying goodbye to your idol officiating his funeral. It was, I don't know a cycle like that. How, how did you make it through officiating the, the, the funeral without? <clears throat> Charlie made sure I did it. Uh, you could, you could feel me. He's like, you're not going to screw this up. And yeah. Vince Gill came up to me to give me a hug and he goes, you got this. And we did, we made it through. It was hard, the hardest thing I've ever had to do, yeah. but, but it was a, it was a powerful moment, but because of Charlie Daniels, because of Mel Myers in Tulsa, Oklahoma, I'm now 40 years into a career that I pinch myself every day that I have. Well, and FM radio, AM radio, FM radio has been around for XM radio still relatively new how did how did about that 20, opportunity come about about 20 years i guess um is that what it is? yeah i've been there 16 uh years at sirius xm i was doing my own show on great american country called headline country and it was a entertainment news magazine show um for country music and and I, we own our own production company and we created it and put it out there and it was running for a few years and uh john anthony the program director of the highway on sirius xm reached out to me and he goes i'm I want to take what you're doing on television and, and give you a platform to do it on the highway on Sirius XM. And for me, it was a great reunion to radio. I had missed it. I'd been off of radio for a few years. And just to get the chance to go back to the platform that I love dearly uh, excited me. And uh, 16 years later, they, they haven't figured out that I can't do this yet. So, Hey, keep tricking them. I know. <laughs> I'd never <laughs> told them I knew what I was doing. So. <laughs> I, I think I might know the, the answer to this question, but when you, you know, you, Tulsa to LA and you work your way up to CNN, you know, what was that, you know, I'm here moment we were sitting there and you're like, okay, I mean, this, this is it. I mean, I'm, I'm no longer just a kid. I'm, I'm doing this. It's, it's interesting, but I always starting so young, like 13 years old, I've never been able to shed that feeling that I'm still the kid. Um, it's, it's a feeling I had to make a, a, a big self evaluation, an audit on myself a few years ago to stop expecting that moment to come because I don't think it ever will. And I, I go back to a conversation I had with my dad on his deathbed. And I said, Dad, when am I going to feel like an adult? And he goes, son, I'm still 17. And so I think it's just something that you will never, it, you're expecting something that isn't, why do you want to, why do you want to feel that way? If it's, if you, if, if what gave you the drive to do what you do was being a kid and being hungry and being starved, why would you want to shed that? And so I, I hope I always feel like the kid. Yeah. Well, and with the World Series just ending ending last night, uh, that's why all of those players are still playing. Uh, right. They play There's the still boys stick game. ball in the backyard. Mm-hmm. That's right. Just yeah. uh, a few more people watching. Uh, Jordan hit one 450 feet over the batter's eye. Mike. <laughs> well, and probably probably a few more million dollars than than the yeah. than the money they were getting the the five dollars per home run when they were when they were twelve. But but ask any one of them, they would they would do it for free. Absolutely. Well, I mean, you look at there's the the photos uh, from the pandemic. You've got uh, players that are going back to the uh, to the Dominican and players that are going back to Puerto Rico, and they're out there in the street just you know trying to take yeah. reps and what doing whatever they can do. I mean, it was yeah for love of the game, absolutely. Don't tell my boss, but I would do radio for free. I would do TV for free. <laughs> I would be around country music for free just to be around these people who create music that we listen to every day. I mean, that's that's the reason I do this. It's just I, it, it's a passion. I'm obsessed with it. So. Well, and is it fun to bring uh, like? Macy is your is your newest assistant. MC was there for a while. Is it fun to watch her grow into that into that role where she's becoming more confident with the yeah. artists? 
Yeah, it's great. And she she's no spring chicken. She came in uh, with some great experience from Atlanta. And uh, it is a whole new world in Nashville because the, the relationships with the artists are much closer because they're we're all living in the same city. So you, we run into each other a lot more. Um, when you're in Atlanta, the artists occasionally come through. But in Nashville, they're always around. So yeah, she is. She's kind of taking a sip from a fire hydrant a little bit, just having that access to the uh, to the industry. But she's kicking butt. She sounds great on the air, and I, I just love watching her grow. And if there is an answer to your question, Zach and and Brian, it's like about when do I feel like I'm the adult, or when do I feel like I've made it? I feel like I've entered a new chapter when I'm starting to be the mentor to a younger generation of me's, and I think that's when it is a real big realization that I've made it to a whole new uh, part of my life. You know, you've, you've talked Wait. about going through this for the last 30 to 40 years. So when you, when you get to a point where you're in Nashville and, you know, you say all the, the artists and everyone's closer to each other, how did the, how did the advent and, you know, the come along of social media change everything? Cause obviously, you know, phones have always been around, you know, since, you know, this whole thing got started and emails became prevalent in the nineties. But I would imagine that with, uh, with social media and texting and zoom and all that stuff, how, how has that changed how things are, are operating? There are so many facets to that question and so many different answers. Uh, one is for up and coming new artists. It, there could be no better thing that has happened to this generation than social media, because they get to expose themselves to millions of people that they would not have had the chance to without social media and instantly. So they, they have access and they, and they get direct feedback, instant feedback through DMS, good, bad, or ugly. They, they know what people think of their music and, and you know, the, their exposure and how they're doing and their likes. And, you know, it's great data and it's a great way to grow up as a new artist. Now the downside of that, if you're an up and coming artist, everybody has that same platform and so it's diluted so it's re much harder there's no clearinghouse to get the best through the funnel it's just a wide open frontier and so you have to scream the loudest you have to be the best you have to be more creative you have to be more proactive in your career uh than ever before so but it's it's not many downsides other than if you can't take criticism it's a tough world to live in I think we all know that we all face it. It's like, it's just what social media does now for uh, artists and superstars. There's an interesting perspective. I think the art and the, the tradition of a superstar has faded because everybody is so accessible right now. And so nobody's putting people on a pedestal. Nobody's treating it. Maybe that's good. Maybe that's a good thing, but you can't really name a superstar right now. You name an artist that you like, you name music that you like, but it's really hard to point to superstars like when we had Garth and we had Reba and you had uh, George Strait and Alan Jackson. You have the now we've got you know Kenny Chesney, of course, but he's he's bigger than life, bigger than whatever, but he's still a very approachable, down to earth guy. It's not a superhero that flies onto the stage. Eric Church might be the closest thing we have right now. You know, uh, as far as that that superhero thing, and he's not on social media, and it, that's not a mistake. He sees that social media dilutes that that mystery, mystery, that mystique, and so he does not touch social media at all. He has people that do, but it's not him. And so there's still that wallop. There's still that he loves his fans and he loves the, but he but he likes the mystique. Man, that so, kind of sounds like Mike Gundy. <laughs> that's one hundred percent Mike Gundy. It's the exact same approach. <laughs> 
Yeah. Do you enjoy Do you enjoy seeing uh, those superstars be at the at the height of their game, or do you like watching a a Luke Combs, a Morgan Wallen, how they're just shooting up the charts right now, over and over on their new songs? It's the the climb up is always the best part of the ride for me, and then the climb back down is also more fun because on the climb up it's just a blur. Uh, going back to that cliche, taking a sip from a fire hydrant, a new artist is just being thrown so much. It's so quick of a time time frame that they they don't even know what's happening. And so watching that blur is really fun. And then when they get to the very top of that pyramid, I have a theory called the topless pyramid theory. We don't see them at the top occasionally because they're just so white hot. And so we rooted them up, we built them up and we'll catch them on the way down, but good luck at the top. We'll see you in a little bit. You know, it's just the way it is. I think one of those stories that that's just so incredible and it's because of social media, it's an Oklahoma kid. You know, you look at Zach Bryan. I mean, he, he blows through the, the TikTok ranks, uh, in and a then, year. And, and then before you know it, he's playing a sold out show with snow pouring at, at Red, Rocks. Red Rocks. I yeah. mean, it's, it's incredible cool. to see. And my, my son is actually working for Zach Bryan right now. That's cool. And, uh, the, the way that happened is my son discovered him on TikTok in 2017 and Zach's manager found out that my son did that. He's like, dude, you got your finger on the pulse. I want you working for me and, and called him up. And so my son's working for him. So I get a, a lot of the inside track of what's going on in that camp. And it is a blur. Mm. I mean, it is nuts to the point where Zach uh, has had to take a step back and just like, whoa, uh, okay, slow the, slow the roll here a little bit. This is good. This is insane. And, uh, you know, a little mental health checks occasionally just because that's really hard to grasp. When you come from a pandemic, picking up a guitar, you're in the Navy, you're on leave, you, you play a few songs and put them on TikTok, just hoping somebody hears them. And by the time you're honorably discharged from the Navy, you're selling out state, you know, gigantic arenas and Red Rocks. And I mean, that is, that's an adjustment. That's an adjustment. Well, country music and, and college football have had such a, such a good relationship for some, a long time. Zach Bryan, his, his song that is out right now is something, something in the orange. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, and, and this is going to be audio only, but Stormy's wearing his orange OSU shirt, you know, <laughs> so I don't think that song has anything to do with OSU orange, but the, I think it does. And, I think <laughs> if you listen to the lyrics, maybe, but <laughs> no, well, so. it, I think it really applies to the last couple of games. I was going to say, did you watch the game oh, yesterday? Goodness. I watched oh. the last two weeks, unfortunately. Yeah. And, <laughs> the, uh, it, and I think something in the orange, I always envisioned being played in the stadium when we're down. Something, something in the orange says we're <laughs> yeah. not through. You know, that's right. it's oh, that's like, good. That's we exactly can always right. come back. We can always come back, which we haven't done. But uh, well, there's always who has track. the song right now? Tennessee Orange. Uh, uh, Megan Maroney. Yes, that is such a cool song. And, uh, you know, Tennessee and Georgia just played this last weekend. Huge country music stars on both sides of that rivalry. Do you think there was a few off the social media texting bets that were uh, going around there? Heavy, heavy. <laughs> I mean, if you saw Luke Bryan on college game day, he did the game picks and, uh, yeah, he always makes some bets with some uh, Tennessee fans like Morgan Wallen and Kenny Chesney and Kelsey Ballerini. And uh, the Georgia fans are Jason Aldean, Thomas Rhett, Luke Bryan. Uh, there's a bunch of them. And it's 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 really cool to see the friendly rivalries. Lee, Lee Bryce is a Clemson fan. And you get, you get fans of teams all around. Yeah. I, I always get picked on for being an Oklahoma State fan. And it's, it's just fun. It's, it's, they're great bets. Well, and do you, just, do you just call Garth Brooks at that point to trump them all? Yeah, <laughs> he could do that. He could do that. My friendly uh, rivalry, and that has turned to very expensive over the years for both of us, is uh, Chris Young is a, a Longhorn fan, 
So every Longhorn Cowboys game, we go at it. It's it's bad. You know, you well, you, it, you mentioned the big country music stars. You know, most of them are SEC fans. You know, you talk Clemson with Lee Bryce. How you know there aren't many Oklahoma State fans that reside in the in the south. So how how is Oklahoma State perceived? Obviously, Sands, Kansas State, and Kansas games. But you know, you, last year twelve and two. You look at you know the the incredible games that Gundy has. Obviously, I'm sure they know the mullet. But how yeah. is how is Oklahoma State perceived? I mean, they've they've been pretty good over the last fifteen years. I mean, Keith Anderson and I are the token Oklahoma State fans, basically in Nashville. There's a few more, but uh, we we take great pride, obviously, in the Orange and and carrying the Cowboy tradition with us wherever we go. So with that comes uh, a, a genuine admiration from a lot of fans because I, I think there's something sexy and something cool about Oklahoma State from people who don't know it well and don't know the culture. I think it's cool. And I, I think they see it as, as a neat thing to be a part of and root for through us. And, you know, they have their SEC traditions. That's all they know, and that's all they know. So it's like people are t- tended to adopt Oklahoma State in, in Nashville and in our in the people I run with. They're like, okay, we're following Oklahoma State. This is kind of fun. These guys are good. This is this is a neat – Big 12 isn't all that bad. It's like, no, it's good football. Yeah. Well, it's funny that the SEC is now playing football like the Big Twelve used to play football. <laughs> exactly. I was sitting there. I was, I was watching. Uh, I was. My dad played at SMU down in Dallas, and they set them in Houston last night. Set the set the regular seat regulation, a game that finishes in regulation, the highest points ever. It was seventy-seven to sixty-three. It was wow. literally a track meet. The quarterback had nine nine touchdowns. But back to Mike Gundy always said that he wanted an offense that when you turn on the TV, no matter where you're at in the in the country, that you go, man, that's fun to watch. Right. And and he was so he was trying to do that on the field. As as much as he tries to say that he doesn't pay attention to social media, that he doesn't, uh, that he's not you know up on the trending stuff. Well, he sure does trend a lot. Yeah, he knows and, what and he, he does. got in early on that with that. I'm a man. I'm 40. But that was early Facebook, YouTube. Yeah. You know, yeah. so uh, he may be a little smarter than you give him credit. Oh, for. he's a, he's got he, he claims he's got a smart team around him that is helping him make these decisions. But uh, I think a lot of it has to do with him. <laughs> now, when I know that he has he and other OSU dignitaries have come to Nashville for a nice little vacation. Are they, when they come to Nashville, are, are they able to kick back? Are they able to go to the go to the spots they want to go and relax a little? Yeah, I mean, uh, Coach Gundy and his wife and uh, Johnny Barr and. Uh, uh, we miss him at Oklahoma State. And, and some other people that will come out, Chris Young with the tennis team, and the, they'll come out and uh, it's it just truly just our, our tourists in Nashville and go out to all the bars and all the honky-tonks and, and Gundy as well. And he, he just wants to go listen to live music, have a cold beer, and, and chill. And he can do that. He can't do that in Stillwater. He couldn't do that in Oklahoma City. He couldn't do that in Tulsa. And probably not even Dallas. But he could come to Nashville and, and totally disappear. Maybe – one or two people in a bar will recognize who he is, but he he just kind of drifts into the woodwork and he loves it and he'll soak it in and just have the time. We'll all have the time of our lives. It's when he says he's coming out, I, I look forward to it. We we haven't had a bad time yet together. Well, now you're coming to his town this week. Are you going to be able to come over and relax? What what all do you like to do whenever you come to Stillwater? I going onto that campus is truly the the closest thing I have to feeling like I'm coming home. Um, I sigh. There's like an exhale when you step onto that campus. It just feels comfortable. It feels like a part of you. It's like you're putting on a, a, your favorite jacket or your favorite sweatshirt and you just go, 
ah, this feels great. So I spend as much time as close to campus as possible. Eskimo Joe's, our boy Tim Holland, and the rest of the gang. I mean, it's, it's just all those typical places to go and hang out, but it's just be a part of that atmosphere uh, on a game weekend. And even on quiet weekend, there's just something really cool about the whole atmosphere of that campus. I'm, you know, I, I love that hotel, the Atherton Hotel, the Ranchers Club. Uh, I, I love uh, just walking, seeing the new buildings that are going up, which seems to be they're going. It, the, their campus looks a lot like Nashville does. There's a new building every 10 minutes. And uh, it just always keeps, a crane in the skyline. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's growing. It's a lot different than the campus I went to at 10 years old with the aluminum bleachers at Lewis Field. Uh, I, I live two blocks north of, of Lewis on Hester. Uh, that was uh, born oh, in yeah. born in Stillwater '91, and we would no way. Yeah, we'd we'd walk up the we'd walk I guess south, walk down Hester to the stadium, and you could see the rust underneath. And but, oh God, yeah. but once you got into it, I mean, the '90s were it was bad football, but it was something it was something special to be a part of there. There's a girl uh, that I went to uh, ju- junior high in the first part of high school with, and we were touring campus, and uh, maybe about midnight and we, we broke into Lewis field. We hopped because it, it wasn't quite the high tech security that's there now. <laughs> uh, no. uh, it, I, I think it was a chain link fence yeah. and you just kind of hopped it. And we just laid there on the, uh, 50 yard line on the OSU logo. And it was just like one of the coolest things to do back then. It was, yeah. it was great. Yeah. Well, it's and, impressive. And now your, your access to tell the story of a couple years ago, they've been doing the orange on the screens now for, only a couple couple years it's you know lights up the the town in orange you got in there on a on a pretty special weather kind of night that uh it was haunting i mean it was so cool we were we're at the ranchers club of the atherton and a bunch of the players and the coaches were there and uh i'm not going to throw anybody under a bus so i'm not going to say who but um i was gathered up man he goes where are your boys i said well they're asleep and he goes go get them i said all right so woke them up. They got dressed. He goes, what are we doing? I said, I don't know, but I think we're going on a trip. And we go outside the Atherton and there's a golf cart waiting and we take off and we go to the stadium and you see this glow through the fog and the mist. I mean, it was like out of a freaking horror movie or mm-hmm. something, some Armageddon movie. I mean, it looked like the inside of the stadium was on fire from the outside. And we walk in and we got the full tour of the, uh, the locker rooms, the brand new locker rooms, the weight facilities. And then, he goes, are you ready? And he opened up the doors and we walked right onto the orange field and just that glow of it. And the pictures and the videos are still some, one of my favorite things. It was such a magical night uh, and that they pulled out the Barry Sanders Heisman and my kids are sitting there holding the Heisman. And it was, and I still lost my oldest one to UT Knoxville. I, even after all of that, it was like That's the great, right. be, best recruiting trip ever. And he still goes, dad, I'm going to UT Knoxville. I'm like, what the, <laughs> how? But I think I got my youngest one. He just put in his application. I think he's coming. So he's coming this weekend. This is this is the recruiting trip for him, right? This is it. This is it. Um, so uh, right. I, I don't know what's in store, but we're we're going to get him. We're going to put the the hook in him. Well, the, I need Jay your help, I, Brian. Jay and I will act accordingly. Yes. Can we tell that story real quick? Well, yes. So, yes. So, I, and I'd love to hear it from your perspective. Yeah. I was going to say, this, this is a great weekend because you say you always get the swag. It's the Military Appreciation Week, so it's brand new gear. Yeah, I've got my, my Military Appreciation. I almost wore it, but I was too hot from walking in the rain. Yeah, <laughs> they're, they're bringing it in. All right, so Stormy, you and I met, I don't know, it was like eight years ago. I, can't, I don't remember the exact number of years, but I'm inter- I know the story from my, I'd love to hear your end. You guys come walking in to yeah. Eskimo Joe's. It's busy. Yeah. I'll let you go from there. So uh, um, 
our, our mutual good friend, Tim Holland, who's the manager of Eskimo Joe's, we had yet to fully establish our relationship at this point. Um, and this is, I think it was my son's first trip. Was it or maybe it's his second trip? I think it was the second trip. Yeah, and, Evan was young. Yeah, Evan was young. And yeah, it was Evan's first trip. That's what it was. It wasn't yep. Jackson's first trip. It was, it was, so I brought both boys and my wife stayed home and it was just the three of us. And we go in and we're like, oh man, we're never going to find a table. This place is packed. It's game day. I'm like, dang it. Uh, I think God. it was a Texas home game, by the way. Yeah, so it was, it was it double was packed. Yeah, it was big. And it, there was just no chance of getting a table. And I'm like, we're going to figure this out. And Evan and Jackson, they're looking at me, dad. I mean, are, are we, we going to get cheese fries or what? What's the deal? Are we getting cheese fries? And I'm like, I'm getting you cheese fries. All right. Just, <laughs> we're going to figure this out. So you go upstairs and to what has now become our table and yes. uh, get up there. And you and Jay have camped out at this table and have about 3,000 Eskimo Joe cups stacked up in, in these multiple stacks with a counter that you're manually putting up how many uh, cups you've you've raked in. Yep. And you're, you're taking cups as donations. People are buying you cups. People are giving you the cups they've drank out of. And you're just collecting them so that you guys can restock your uh, Oklahoma China cupboards and also hand them out as, as Christmas gifts. Because that's, that's right. What, that's what you do. That's what Jay needed him for. Yep. And so I'm like, here you go. Good to meet you. I'm Stormy. This is my sons, Jackson and Evan. You've got a little space at this table. It's not much, but if I help you in your quest to achieve your goal with cups, can we please borrow just a couple of stools and get some cheese fries in my kids or they're going to kill me? And you guys are so sweet. I figured you guys would kind of go, oh, we kind of got a thing going, you know, um, I'd love to, but you guys went, yeah, come on. And so I ran down to the gift shop, gift shop and I bought what, like 200 cups or something like that. Yeah, I bought it was, like 200 it was cups and yeah. came up and I just put them on the, there, will this do? And Jay's like, <laughs> that'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. We, Zach, it was enough cups that we actually vacated the table for a second. <laughs> Good <laughs> he, Lord. He bought the table. No, it was, uh, <laughs> so it was funny. And that week, and I don't, I don't know why. I mean, I'd, I'd heard you on XM forever, um, for for years. I had heard you on XM, and I, I had never put the face with the name. Like I just, I, and for whatever reason, I happened to see you earlier that week on something on yeah. TV. Heard the voice, or you know, it's kind of like the first time that you meet Larry Reese that you go, oh, yeah. oh my, there's the voice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, and so, anyways, all of a sudden, you came walking up the stairs, and I'm going. Oh my gosh, I have just saw you and, and I went stormy, you know, and, and you were like, yeah, hey, what do y'all have going on here? So it was kind of one of those magical, if I hadn't seen whatever TV show it was, if I hadn't, if I hadn't yeah. seen that, I wouldn't have recognized you, but uh, that was, that was a cool, cool the meeting. The thing that I love the most is that uh, that wasn't a one-time deal. Uh, we've made it an annual tradition and then we've just kept in touch. We've got a three-way uh, text chat going and you and Jay and me and, and the kids too. And it's yep, like, it's, yep. it's, it's been a really, really great friendship that I really cherish. And it all started just with a bunch of Eskimo Joe's cups. And it's, it's something I, I, I really take pride in and I love you guys. Well, if you're in and Stillwater, I'm... isn't that kind of how all relationships start <laughs> over, <laughs> over Joe's cups? <laughs> Cheese fries and, and Joe's cup yeah. snacks. Yeah. It's, and I'm more it, excited that Allie's coming this, this week. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, I'm glad to see well, you, but it's been a few years. It has been, it has been, and uh, she's excited. So uh, she's 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 going to go straight to the student union and get her new swag because it's been a few years since she's refreshed the look. So she's she's coming in 
She's coming in hot because she is. All hot. right. So you you host many a country music. <laughs> Chris Young, festival. tennis coach, just texting me right now. So excited to come to Nashville this week. Can't wait to see you in Stillwater too. So <laughs> that's awesome. That's so cool. So you okay? You you host many a country music festival. Yeah. Where is okay? Where, where is your? Fa- do you have? Can you say a favorite? I know that you you've got yeah. a few. And and where's Allie's favorite? Does she get to go around with you? Yeah, um, she loves. Uh, she hasn't been to Australia with me. I do Australia every year, and that's a pretty good one. CMC Rocks in uh, Ipswich, which is up in Queensland, Australia, and right outside of Brisbane. And it is such a fun, fun festival. And I just love Australia. It's like a second home. We've been hosting a festival since its inception. 15 years ago and it's we started with 2000 people uh, Taylor Swift playing for 2000 people in a in a ski resort and now we have close to 30,000 people sold out campgrounds and the biggest names you could ever think of wow. uh, playing this festival that's that's one of my favorites um my wife personally loves the Maui Songwriter Festival just cuz it's can't, can't imagine Maui <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> and the Key West Songwriters Festival is also fun for all the same reasons but as far as just your 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 great Middle America festival, it's Country Thunder in uh, Twin Lakes, Wisconsin, which is just really the country music fans in Wisconsin and Minnesota. Uh, they are just absolutely the most diehard, friendly, fun-loving, partying uh, country fans you'll ever meet. And so I, I host a number of festivals up there. I did We Fest for years in Detroit Lakes, Minnesota, and the Minnesota handshake is they hand you a beer. I mean, does it get any better than that? It's it's <laughs> it's just beautiful. But there's been a bunch of them. There's been a, a Mountain High uh, Music Fest in Crescent Butte, Colorado, which I know is like one of Gundy's very favorite hangs. Crescent Butte is just a, an amazing place. And I've been really lucky to to host a bunch of festivals in a lot of places. I did 12 this summer, which was nuts. We're playing a lot of catch up from the pandemic. So we did a lot of festivals. It's been a busy year. What's ironic is Brian and I, we were sitting here and we we're like, so you think he's, you think he's been to all 50 states to do country? And said, well, there's probably six that he hasn't been in. And the first one I said was Hawaii. And then the nope. first, and the first one you said was Australia. So, I mean, I, I didn't really have that <laughs> one on my funny, bingo card. It's funny. This might be a good segue to what you want to do, Brian. Uh, I recently achieved the milestone of hitting all 50 states. Uh, just a couple of years ago, I had Iowa. Alaska and South Dakota left and uh, a USO trip took me to Alaska to our, our, our bases all over Alaska, mm-hmm. uh, Iowa. We did the Iowa ate a truck stop, the biggest truck stop in all of America. Uh-huh. And we did a concert and a morning show from there. And then my ultimate goal for my last state, which was South Dakota, we have a weekly feature on Wednesdays called Mount Rushmore, which is top four things in a certain category. And I thought, what a dream thing for my last state to visit to go do Mount Rushmore from Mount Rushmore. Wow. And so we did. And it, so I tried the, that Mount Rushmore was replace the heads with country artists who would be the Mount Rushmore of country music. And don't ask me to recite who I pick. Cause I can't remember right now. No, that's okay. <laughs> but let's, let, let's do a Mount, Mount Rushmore. Um, See, I told you it'd go, be a good segue. Let's go, wow. let's go college football movie. It's like, he does this for a living. Uh, let's do, okay. Let's do football movies. Okay, so we'll let our we'll let our guests go first. What do, what do you got, Stormy? And we'll we'll do we'll do one each, just like you do on the show. Yeah, uh, we'll do you'll do one, then Zach, then me. 
if you're playing by the rules, you can't duplicate a pick. You can't say, yeah, that's on my list too. Oh, it, no. it has to be. So, so you have to have some backups probably. This is, there's probably going to be some similar. So you hopefully you have enough backups that you didn't just pick four. I'll pull up another list. I've only got five. <laughs> <laughs> all right all right what do you what do you got i heard the r come out of your yep. mouth and that's exactly yep. my first pick it is rudy you can't it you rudy. just have to and and i don't know that you can watch rudy without tearing up a little bit when the old man says this is the most beautiful Beautiful. thing these two eyes have ever seen and and i think my kids have heard me say that every time i walk into t boom piggins every single time i say my eyes have never seen a more beautiful sight it's just (laughs) you have to do it and they can't give you a hard time anymore to say dad it doesn't change it does now because we now have names up there barry thurman walt yep and national and championship changing. uh you know moniker up there too i mean there's it's it's beautiful it's 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 wonderful yeah but rudy i have yet to watch that movie without bawling my eyes out it's like field of dreams rudy cry through the whole thing all yeah, right exactly. who's next i'm i'm going r as well but i'm going remember the titans oh, oh yep that's it. i can i can watch that all the time okay, i'm gonna wipe Anytime. that one off my list thank you very much yep. zach all right i've got my my number one is going to be Varsity Blues. Oh, almost on my <laughs> list. You just like the whipped cream scene. That's all. Well, I, the you know, and, you like. and for Varsity Blues, I give it a, I give it a ten. I give it a ten. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to leave the rest of that scene alone. All right. Yeah, I think we'll be all right. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Stormy. Round true, round two. Uh, I'm going to pick uh, Kevin Costner in Draft Day. Such a good. That's an Ooh, underrated. Nice. Movie. Yeah, but, uh, definitely. I've, that's one that uh, my kids introduced me to. They said, "Dad, you've never seen Draft Day." I said, "No." Now I watch it about four or five times a year. I, I think oh, when you, yeah. I think when you see the fact that it's the Cleveland Browns, that that scares people away. But it's a, it's an <laughs> underrated movie. It's really solid. And it's tense. You're so stressed out at the yeah. end. You're like, oh, God, what's going to happen? It's yeah. really, really well done. Great movie. I love Kevin Costner in anything he does. And he's yes. just a, he's, he's perfect. And a lot of people wouldn't pick that as a football movie since it's such, you know, an inside business side of it. But I think it's very much a football movie. Well, it's like Moneyball. Moneyball is a baseball yeah, exactly. movie. Yeah. Uh, right. my, my second one, I'm going The Replacements. All-time iconic. I've never seen The Replacements. Oh, it is so good. Oh, my gosh. He's Whitey. All right. Yeah. I have my so homework good. assignment. I got to yeah. see the replacement. Very good. Yeah, no, that, that's a good one. Keanu Reeves. Um, for my second one, I'm going to go, ooh, I'm going to go Little Giants. Ugh. I'm a big Great fan of the Little pick. Giants. That the was the annex- last one. You know what our run game needs right now, guys, is the annexation of Puerto Rico. <laughs> <laughs> Christmas. Is it back to run, me? Run the ball. Yep. You're up, Stormy. We're going to. We're going to. We're going to win. Salvucci, Salvucci, you fumbled the ball, Salvucci. I'm talking about Tom Cruise, all the right moves. All the right moves. Now, is that when Tom Cruise started the sprinting in every movie? That's that's the one that started it all. That's the one. I fell in love with Leah Thompson in that movie. She was just unbelievable. And Craig T. Nelson is the coach. Other than Billy Bob Thornton in the movie Friday Night Lights, there may not be a better football coach in a movie than Craig T. Nelson. Well, it makes sense. Coach. Yeah, he was coach. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I may have one on mine. Here we go. All right, go ahead, Zach. I appreciate the segue. Uh, homage to our great friend Dion Amade. I'm going Friday Night Lights. No, Friday, uh, was no, wipe that one off the list. I set you up for that one. All right, so Stormy, we have to ask. Friday Night Lights, the movie. Friday Night Lights, the TV show. Which one's better? God, they're totally different experiences. Yeah. 
I mean, they're exactly just, what Dion said. I, I cannot, I cannot say that one is better than the other. They're just totally different experiences, and I love them both. Yeah, so. no, they're great. All right, so uh, for mine, I think one of the best coaches in a in a movie, any given Sunday, Al Pacino. Yep, I totally agree. He's a fantastic coach, and I that's on my list, and I will wipe that one off. It's on the backup <laughs> list. You guys are trimming away at all my picks here. This yeah, is, I know it. So I've got one right, more pick, you, right? You got the last one, or yeah, first one of the last round. Yep. And I've got four to choose from on my list, so I'm going to make it a good one. Um, I am going to go again inside the business of the sport and go Jerry Maguire. Oh, very nice. That's a good one. Jerry Maguire. Oh, that was a hard one because I had a few others that have, all could have been in there, but I'm going to go Jerry Maguire. Uh, me. I'm, you. I'm going to my I'm going to my childhood. Well, childhood ish, I guess. Uh, Invincible, Mark Wahlberg. I love that movie. It's so great good. Movie. So it's great movie. It's one of only a few movies I have permanently on my phone, and uh, that's a great pick. Now, are you uh, on all the planes to all of these country? Mu- are you a movie? Are you a new episodes of new TV shows? What do you go I, for? Man, episodes is too much investment. Uh, I it, it just I, I get scared by starting a new series. I just don't have the time or the commitment to follow through to finish them. There's one called Inside Man that's out right now. It's only four episodes. It's ideal. It's like there's four episodes, finish it up, done. I can do those, but I can't do these multiple seasons, thirteen episodes. I can't. I can't do those. I can't yeah. do those. So, so I've got to do a movies, movies only on the plane. You're not, you're not a talker, by the way. You you avoid yeah. the talking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As soon as you're on, the headphones are on. Uh-uh, no, no, thanks. No, actually, I take that back. If if I get into a conversation, I don't watch anything. I, I love the conversation. On really? It. Yeah. I, oh, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I think I'm in the wrong business. You know, I, I do radio here in Stillwater, but like when I go to the store, like I avoid people. When I when I get on a plane, if I'm if I'm with my wife, then we obviously have conversations. But like, I'm a don't make eye contact with people. My headphones are on as soon as I get into the airport. Like, yeah, eh, no thanks. That is so. That's atypical. That's for for people in the entertainment business or radio or broadcasting business. That's ninety percent mm-hmm. of the people are not extroverted. Yeah, they're 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 introverted. It's just. I don't know how why that works, how that works. I, I and I'm very outgoing. It. I, I'm I am my father. He you know he can my dad can walk into a you know a, somewhere like a, a museum. He could he could go to a funeral and have conversation. I mean he could just talk to anybody. And I'm yeah. I'm that way, but I'm I think I'm growing out of it. I don't I don't want to talk <laughs> to people. There's a great line in the movie Barfly. Mickey Rourke says. I love people. I just like them better when they're not around. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's the one. Twitter bio right, updated. My, my last one. The last one on the Mount Rushmore here is the program. Great one. That's yep. that's one I, I haven't it. seen in a while, and I need to go back and watch it. But that's, that's a it. great one. I love it when the freshman comes up and uh, uh, the freshman running back comes up and, and introduces himself as, you know, new running back. And the kid, the other guy shakes his hand. And he says, starting running back. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's kind of the coach's version of draft day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got to put together the, the national championship team and it, or he's lo- losing his job. It, it's yeah. Great, great picks. You mentioned his name before. We have to give a shout out to our boy, the voice of Cowboys, uh, yes. that is uh, Larry Reese. And Larry Reese and Keith Anderson, um, both alumni and, and huge supporters of Oklahoma State. They're both buddies of mine. And we did a story, a hometown story on Keith Anderson in Miami, Oklahoma. 
And that's where I met Larry Reese for the first time. And it's a, it's just another friendship that I cherish so much between the, the, the two, two of those guys. And Larry is just, could you ask for a better ambassador for a school than Larry Reese? No, I don't think so. And that was actually, I was, uh, I, I enjoyed the uh, football movie Mount Rushmore, but I, yeah. I, it's so hard to put together an Oklahoma State rep Mount Rushmore because when you think Oklahoma State Mount Rushmore, you think, oh well, obviously Mike Gundy, you know Barry Sanders, Robin Ventura, you know you, you think of these these giants in the in in sport, but then you get into people like Larry Reese, you know, and the, yeah. I mean it's just like how can you not put a guy like Larry Reese mm-hmm. on an Oklahoma State Mount Rushmore? Every university in this country would be blessed to have a Larry Reese. I mean, I, I, maybe every school has one. I don't think so. I think he is a very special, special person with a passion and a commitment to the university that I've never seen uh, yeah. bouncing around from school to school. He is Oklahoma State. Well, and I bet a lot of people don't un, don't know that he's more than the voice of Boone Pickens yeah. and, and Gallagher. I but you know that he's, he's a booster uh, organizer. He's alumni. He's, he is uh, incredibly important role. Yeah, he he might of all the people in the athletic department. Like, yes, he's the voice, and I, I've been to a few stadiums around the Big Twelve. I've been to professional stadiums. I you know, and Larry Reese has spoiled Oklahoma yeah. State because there are some people like I don't know how you got this job as the PA announcer when you have people like Larry Reese floating around. But when you look at all the money that he brings into the university, when you think about the relationships that he built, I mean, he yep. he might be a top three most important people in that athletic department, and he'd be the first to argue that he is not. It's it's funny, and I mean, very few people could say they were best friends with Eddie Sutton. Larry Reese could say he was yeah. best friends with Eddie Sutton. Yeah. And it's it just, like I said, the, every university would be blessed to have a Larry Reese going, the Cowboy first down. I mean, it's just like, ugh. Yeah, I hear it. I watch it from TV here in Nashville, and you hear that voice echoing over the airwaves, and it's just like, ah. But is like is there a butter. call better than third down upcoming for the visitors? Yes. I'm going to tell you my favorite oh, call. It doesn't okay. happen often, and it's usually right before halftime, and it's, say, the score is 24-24, and he'll go, it's tied up at 24, and we've gone absolutely nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> First time I heard that, I just went, I texted him. I said, "That is the funniest thing I've ever heard." He's like, "Stormy, I do that often." I'm like, "No, but it's priceless." <laughs> yeah. And we've gone absolutely nowhere. That's good. <laughs> well, and I think he they just got the for the visitors back. Yeah, that was a not to not to throw shade, but that was a oh, Mike that was a Mike Holder decision. He thought it, you know, he didn't like that. He thought it was disrespectful because I want to I. Was having a conversation with someone. And it up is. In the... It's supposed to be disrespectful. Yeah, yeah. I was having a conversation with someone up in the booth, and I'm I can't remember who it was, but I think they said it was some. Honestly, it was someone from Nebraska that said they did not care for that towards the end, and so it was something that they were like, okay, you know what, we'll, you know, let's let's kind of phase that out, and we'll, and then a couple years later, you know, Chad Weiberg is the athletic director, and he's like. Yeah, that's that's not disrespectful. That's you're in our place. You are a visitor. You're in our place. You're a visitor. There's yeah. nothing wrong about that. No, it's like facing out the car keys. You can't do that. No, you can't face stuff out. You got to shake the car keys. You got to shake the car keys, man. All right, last one for me, Stormy. Where we kind of hit a little bit of a rough patch here. You know, we <laughs> just the a good little. news is the good news is we don't have to go back to the state of Kansas anymore, Jeez. and we don't have to play anybody else with purple. So, we Zach, remember on the podcast last week, I said red plus blue is purple. I said it was an issue. Yeah. But 
So where where do you see the rest of this year going? Six and three right now, already bowl eligible. Speaking of Larry yeah. Reese, uh, I remember uh, after college that you know him announcing that we're bowl eligible. Get your get your bowl tickets. You yeah. know, and people going crazy for that six win. We just know, ask uh, KU yesterday. Yeah, we know <laughs> yeah. where Kansas is at. But um, you know, we've had three losses this year, and all three times they've stormed the field on us. So yeah. Um, where where do you see the rest of where do you see the rest of the season going for us, man? Just from my perspective, Gundy obviously has his own, and uh, everybody's got their own opinions. I read them all on social media. Uh, I I think we're dinged up. I think we're just absolutely dinged up, and uh, we're not the same team that beat Texas. Uh, we we took a beating in that beat up of Texas, and we've t- we're, we're still healing. I think we've got a shot cleaning the slate for the rest of the season. I think we could win the rest of them out. If we do, there's still some stumbling blocks for a Kansas state. There's still stumbling blocks for some other teams that are, that, that, that there's a way outside chance. We might still be competing for the big 12 championship. Now, do I think that's going to happen? Probably not, but it would be great to end the season with a bedlam win. Probably the one of the last bedlams ever. Right. I mean, which is this one, at least down in Norman, more, maybe. maybe. Yeah. yeah. There could be yeah, one more I mean, down in Norman. Yeah. Which is, which is crazy. And West Virginia, we can beat and Iowa state. Hopefully they had a big win though this weekend. They're a little scary now, but I think we can win the last three. And if we do that, then I think it's going to turn out to be a, a good season. It'll still be a disappointment in a lot of people's minds. You don't lose to Kansas ever. And we lost to, to both of them. And it just is one of those things that I think you chalk up to being dinged up. I mean, yeah. we're, we're, the quarterback wise, uh, offensive line, everything has just been a, a mass unit for the, for the Cowboys this year. Yeah, I think I'm proud the of biggest- them. Biggest thing you said right there is it's not the same team that played Texas. No, well, it's, it's, it's just well, it's you not sent even me the that same team that ended Texas. You sent me that right. message yesterday. Uh, you know, I mean, you go from you go from a top ten team in the country, and and you could you could see the warts. I, I think I think Oklahoma State kind of smoked and mirrored its way through some issues. Sure. I think I think Spencer Sanders covered up a lot of issues. You go from a top ten team in the country to scoring once uh, up before halftime against Kansas. You go six quarters. Without yeah. without scoring points and and I think they gave up close to 1,100 yards in those two games and over 500 on the ground. Um, when you when you look at this team, they they're incredibly banged up and I think that's going to be an issue moving forward. But yeah. you've got two winnable ball games at home. Uh, OU they're not playing great. It's in Norman. That's going to be incredibly difficult. I I could see it very feasibly going two and one in the in the yeah. final three games. I mean Iowa State, yeah. like you said, coming off a win. They're a beatable team. West Virginia is really struggling. Both are at home. You know, yep. I, I what last thought for me? Uh, Bedlam is it going to be like a like a six a.m. kick on Comedy Central? Is Wait, that is that we're pistol, getting? <laughs> pistol Peter on Twitter? Did you see Pistol Peter yeah. on Twitter? Yeah, he's seven a.m. on the Ocho. <laughs> <laughs> Slap it on the Lifetime Network. Yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah, it was rough. Yeah, I've, I've seen so many different versions of, of that where one of them's on OETA plus. <laughs> <laughs> make you make you pay for public TV to watch this ball game. Oh, it's awful. Stormy, thank you very much for your time uh, today. Thank you for all your continued uh, love for Oklahoma State. I can't wait to see you this weekend. Uh, by the way, I'm proud to be a student. I mean, it's pretty cool. How how close yeah. to uh, how close to graduation are we? I think I'm going to make it by May. That's the goal. Wow. So I think uh, it's a good, I'll be hopefully I'll be doing the walk in May, but if not, definitely in the fall. How did that come about? Why Why did you just Why did you decide, man? I've got just a couple more credits. 
it's been eaten at me. And I, I went to Cal State Northridge uh, while I was living in L.A. And it just never fit for me that uh, that's where I was going to get my degree from. And I think that's why I never finished. It just I was already working in radio and television and doing all this stuff. And it, school at a university I really had no connection to just didn't seem like a top priority. And I figured if I'm going to finish a degree, I'm not going to go back through this school that I, I mean, and no offense to Cal State Northridge, but it just wasn't me. Yeah. And Oklahoma State has always been a part of me. I bleed orange. And so I thought if I'm going to finish this, I want to finish a cowboy. Oh, that, that's really cool. Uh, so that means Iowa State and a graduation trip? I think so. I'm hoping yes. so. Cross that's your fingers. That's right. That's Save really the table. Cool. Will you, will Jackson graduate this yeah, he's graduates in May, so he'll be a volunteer grad in May, and then maybe a cowboy for me, and then my son coming so in, cool. freshman. Hopefully, cross your fingers. Absolutely, we're gonna do hey, our best this weekend. Stormy, if I can get accepted into Oklahoma State, all right, anybody can get accepted <laughs> into Oklahoma State. I don't think that's the crossing fingers he's at. Uh, <laughs> yes, trust me, it's not a. <laughs> <laughs> well, we appreciate you. I appreciate you to join us, joining us on the Poke Sport Podcast, Stormy. And it's been uh, an honor. best best wishes, and uh, hopefully see you Saturday. Uh, definitely, I'll see you at our table.